The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at CARM.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone, welcome to the show. It's me, Matt Slick. You're listening to Matt Slick Live. Today is January 5th, 2023. If you want to give me a call, all you got to do Whew, is dial 877-207-2276. Wow. Yeah, have you ever had a day where you wake up and, man, you're just running? Well, that's today. So a lot of stuff doing. And uh, literally, I'm sweating from uh, doing this and doing that and hurrying here and there. And, oh, man, that's what it is. I'm smiling, though. All right. So long story short, um, we're setting up a tentative plan to go to Japan and I'm not going to believe this. And so uh, um, maybe even Scotland. So uh, that's for another thing. The, the, we have a guy who's a, uh, um, a uh, what do you call it? What do they do? You know, they, they, a travel planner. He has a travel planning business. And so, so anyway, we got to talk, he wants me to go to Japan. We're going to go to Japan. And we'll put some information up on that. And because there's a, actually a Christian history in Japan, there, there a lot of Christians were mur- uh, murdered for their faith, murdered for their faith. There's our churches over there, so I'm supposed to go over and do some speaking, pr- uh, teaching, maybe preaching, and um, a lot of fun because I love doing that. And also, in about six weeks, I'm going to Israel, so that'll be interesting. And then in July, I'm supposed to go to Southern California, do some preaching and teaching, and go to a memorial service, and maybe go to Scotland this year. Because the same guy who's uh, arranging the the uh, Japan thing said, you know what we're talking, he just brought it up. He goes, I got to get there. We got we have people who want to go there and do a tour. I go, you're kidding me, because and then I was explaining some stuff. So just a lot of stuff going on. Um, you never know, you know. Uh, I, I tell you again, I want to say thanks to all the people who uh, supported us in the matching funds drive for the end of the year. It really came in uh, very helpful. And uh, praise God. The first part of the year is always difficult because we have to pay uh, the missionaries. And uh, we have we have insurance we have to pay. And that's several thousand dollars. Insurance for lawsuits and uh, defamation and things like that. It's just a standard thing that uh, some ministries have. And because of what I do, you know, when I say things like the Biden crime family, or that's what I believe, or uh, Roman Catholicism is not Christian, or uh, Joyce Meyer uh, is a heretic, which I believe is true. Uh, you know, people say, well, you can't say that. We're going to sue you. Okay, well, that's what it is. And so we have, uh, uh, you know, a policy in for that. We got we pay it once a year. And uh, let's see, what else? I can't think of anything. I think it's about it. Why don't you give me a call? 877-207-2276. And the first part of the year is often slow. And... Um, <coughs> And tell you what, if you want to email me questions, you can do that. All you have to do, all you have to do is just uh, info me, I mean info me, uh, email me at info at org, And you can just ask a question and I'll read it over the air. And I got some of these emails in here. Let's see. uh, My what? Happy New Year. You were kind enough to offer your response to my grants question maybe some i don't know uh freemason grant i don't know what that is well i think somebody else is talking to somebody else we have several people who enter emails 
So I was looking online uh, on my emails. I found one of my accounts, which I haven't looked at for a while. It's kind of a, I put stuff there account, and there's 47,000 emails there. And I was like, oh, my goodness. So we have to go through some of the stuff, and uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we will check it out. Oh, that reminds me. We have um, an apologetics course. I'm looking at an email that says uh, uh, that someone wants to pay for somebody else to do the apologetics course. And we have three online schools, if you're interested. You can go to, uh, let's see, learn dot com dot org and we have three schools so if that sounds like something you want to check out you know a school on theology and one on apologetics and one on critical thinking and what you can do is uh, you can you can sign up for those they're thirty three dollars each or all three for seventy five dollars and if you can't afford it just email us and say you can't afford it we give it to you for free that's that's how it is we use it to keep the lights on but if people can't afford it we want them to study and so uh, these took me months and months to write, and I actually started two weeks ago a school on hermeneutics, how to interpret scripture. And as soon as I started, you know, the uh, deluge of other things came in. So, you know, for most people, they have this break called Christmas. Uh, and someone mentioned this weird word to me. I had to look it up. Vacation, I think is how it's pronounced. So I had to look that up. What is that? Um, and I understood then at that point that people actually stop working for uh, extended periods of time and then don't do much and I thought that's an interesting concept I gotta check that out because maybe I should try that sometime and uh, let's see I think that's about it okay if you got any questions give me a call 877-207-2276 somebody wrote in let's see it's been many years since I've contacted you but I occasionally check out your site when I'm searching for answers on this occasion, I'm looking for clarity in primary doctrinal beliefs. There's a lot of helpful information on this page, but I'm troubled by it. I will explain. In the introduction, you have uh, five points. Actually, I moved it over to seven, but that's another thing. Then in the scriptural support, you have six points, where being born again is one of them with only one verse supporting it. Oh, that's because I didn't update the first part of the uh, article. Is being born again a primary doctrine or not? Yes, it is primary. I'm rather surprised to see no mention of God as creator or an explanation for the fall um, because these are the basics of the faith. And there's a lot, all kinds of stuff. Uh, you know, I could put that in there. You know, God is the creator and things like that. Are they not primary doctrines? Not the way I define them. Uh, but if not, what is sin? Why do we even have the need of Savior? So I don't think the person understands um, what uh, the issue is. What I did was, when I was reading through the Bible, um, I discovered that there were certain things that God said were necessary doctrines. You know, he'd say it through Jesus, or uh, Jesus would say it, or say it to the, the apostles. And so I noticed this. I started writing them down, and I'd read the Bible, study. I would go, oh, look at that, there's another one. And it took me a couple of years uh, to uh, to collect it. And uh, so what I found was... <coughs> What I found was that uh, there are places where, for example, where Jesus says, unless you believe that I am, you will die in your sins. And so there's a consequence. You see, if you don't believe this, you're going to die in your sins. So that's a, a statement with a punishment or consequence for denying it. And how about uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 14, where Paul says, uh, if Christ be not raised, then our faith is in vain. So there are statements that the Bible uh, makes that uh, have a warning or a condition of necessity upon them. And so uh, that's why I call them primaries, because the primary 
doctrines are the ones that have a statement plus a warning or consequence for denying them. So I call them primary. Now the doctrine of the Trinity is not a primary because nothing in the Bible says thou shalt believe in the one God, three distinct simultaneous persons. So it's a secondary essential of the Christian faith. It's derived out of the whole of Scripture, and it certainly is true. But <clears throat> it's not a primary because there's no warning attached to it. Now we could stretch it and say, you know, that uh, you've got to believe in, in the true God, that by definition the true God is the Trinity. But the Bible says in Exodus 20, you shall have no other gods before him, and if you do, you, you'll be cursed. And so, uh, you know, believing in monotheism and the one true God, these are primaries because there's warnings with them. And that's how I, I distinguish between primary, primary and secondary essentials. I'm the only one I know who does that. Uh, others will say, yeah, these are all essentials, and they are. Uh, you know, the Trinity, the virgin birth, uh, the resurrection of Christ, they're all essential doctrines, and they are. What I've done is just called them primary and secondary. The primaries are the ones that have a warning with them, and the secondaries are derived out of the rest of them, and uh, but don't have a warning attached to them in Scripture. That's why I do it that way, just for clarification and better discussion of those. And born again, unless you're, uh, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God, so that's a primary. And so, uh, you know, over the years, I've modified this thing, and I've added, uh, first it was five, then it was six, now it's seven, and that, I think it's one of them, is uh, added was that born again. Uh, that unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God as a primary. And the Trinity is a secondary along with the virgin birth, because nothing in the Bible says, thou shalt believe in the virgin birth, or else you'll die in your sins. It just says in Matthew 125 that he kept her a virgin until Jesus was born. And so uh, the virgin birth is there. So just stuff like that, and that's what I was getting at. All right, if you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. Look at the Gary from Nashville. Welcome. You're on the air. Thanks, Matt. Hey, I wanted to run something by you. Um, sure. I was evangelizing, and this this one lady was talking about the... Uh, she was talking about a pastor that had the upside-down cross. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is that? I, I couldn't confirm it. It was David Jeremiah. I couldn't confirm that, and I, I seriously doubt it. Uh, but does, is that, well, does that mean you reject Jesus? I don't it, know. Can, it can or it cannot, because the Satanists... Well, the Satanists will use an upside-down cross as a denial of the truth and efficacy of Christ's sacrifice. Oh. But Peter was oh. crucified upside-down. So sometimes oh, you might see, mm-hmm, sometimes you might see an oh. upside-down cross as a designation of martyrdom, specifically in relationship to Peter. So in that sense, it's not a denial; it's an affirmation. So it all depends oh. on what the intention wow. is. Now, if I had a church, I, I would you. never have an upside-down cross because it's so oh, yeah. easily misunderstood. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't want to go to one either. No. Yeah, and uh, I remember when I was doing research on the Catholic Church that um, the Baltimore Catechism, I believe it is, had um, a picture on one of the pages of an upside-down cross. And I remember going, what the heck? And I was really <laughs> shocked by it, you know? And then I, I looked and read the context, yeah, and I go, oh, okay, gotcha. You know, I, I get what they're doing. Um, so, you know, stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, it's explained, you know. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's all that is. So. Well, I told. We, yeah. Go ahead. 
I, I told her, I said, you know, well, I said the spirit wouldn't have me listen to him because I just, you know, it, I would be, you know, I wouldn't be listening to him. So I, I would be able to, I'd be, I, I'm able to discern pretty well now who I listen to, who I don't, but, you know. And it's, well, your discernment's not that good if you're listening to me. <laughs> no, nah, it's not. It's good, man. <laughs> uh, hey, I wanted to run something by you, too. There, okay. there was a... Uh, is it Muslims that, um, that they, they who is it that they pray to rocks like five times a day? They pray to rocks. Well, they don't pray no. to rocks. Uh, they don't do that. No, uh, okay. no. They, the Kaaba is um, a stone. Oh, and someone okay. brought up a very, very interesting uh, observation about the housing of the stone. The stone is supposed to be a either a meteorite, but it's the location where Abraham went up and or received knowledge, or, or uh, Muhammad did, or whatever. And so they have these different things. And so um, they pray in the direction of the Kaaba, of the cube. Oh, okay. And someone made an observation. i got to be careful how I say this, because, and I, sh I saw this, I saw the picture, and I went, that's, that's true. And the housing of the stone... Uh, is a has a resemblance of uh, female genitalia. I'll just leave it at that. Oh man! Wow. Yeah. Now it could just be coincidence. It doesn't really mean anything. But oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but since Muhammad, you know, had all these wives, and he said to the the Muslim warriors, you can have up to four women, and and your right hand possesses, oh. you can do what you want with them. It makes you wonder. Okay. Hey, but there's a cross. I mean, there's the, uh, the break, buddy. Okay. <laughs> Got to go. All right, man. All right. Time. Hey, if you want to give me a call, four open lines, 877-207-2276. We'll be right back. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone, welcome back to the show for Open Lines. If you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. You can also email me a question if you have one, info at carm.org. That's C-A-R-M dot O-R-G. Check it out if you haven't already. It's a good website. Let's get to Eric from Utah. Eric, welcome. You're on the air. Hey, how's it going? It's going, man. Hanging in there. So what do you got? Nice. Um, so there's always been like a, a curiosity, and forgive my ignorance in some of these questions, but, you know, in the beginning where this, mm -hmm. the uh, the creation of the Earth was made in seven days. Um, but there's also, you know, I'll say, quote-unquote, evidence that the Earth has transpired over, you know, millions or billions of years, forming with rock formations, all that jazz. So... I didn't know if it was like you know in us in our human minds if it's the literal seven days or if there's like specific I guess eras that transpire over time. To well, let's uh, let's talk about it. And you know, the Bible sure. does seem to suggest a very young Earth. I have no problem mm -hmm. with that, and I I love science. I don't judge the Bible's truth by science. I judge science by the Bible's truth. Science, so people can uh, recognize, uh, is a philosophy. 
Now people might say, "No, Matt, you just you're just an ignorant jerk." I said, "No, it's a it's a philosophy," and they don't realize it because science is not based upon uh, things that it can prove. It's based upon things that can't be be proven. For example, the uniformity of nature. It assumes that everything in the world and everything in the universe operates the same way. It's called the assumption of uniformitarianism. And they can't prove it's true, but they assume it is true. They assume the validity of, the, of uh, rationality, laws of logic, and things like that. But you can't use laws of logic to validate them. And they use logic and regularity in order to make observations. And then they do logical inferences, because this is what the part of the scientific method is. And then they assume that there's going to be uh, a, an objective means of reporting data that uh, scientists see. So these are uh, philosophical assumptions. And people don't realize that the basis of science is philosophy. The foundations upon which it works is, is philosophical. All right. Well, that doesn't mean, though, that it's not valid. It just means that it's based upon things that science itself can't demonstrate are, are true. And yet, what science does is it looks at uh, the created world and then makes observations on the created world and then uh, has um, uh, hypotheses. A hypothesis is not a theory. A hypothesis is an untested idea. And once the idea has been tested, and then you have repeatability, it becomes a theory. Theories right, are right. pretty much believed to be true, but they're technically open to being changed. Okay. So, what does the evidence say? Well, for example, there are things that are difficult in the evolutionary model. The Precambrian fossils were of single-celled uh, single organisms. But suddenly, in the Cambrian period, there appears 40 new phyla, which are body types, like a fish, a bird, snake, horse. These are all body types. And they suddenly mm -hmm. appear at the beginning of the uh, Cambrian period. Now, some might say that there's a 5 million year transition between the pre-Cambrian and the Cambrian period. Some have said that. But uh, the rock stratus shows a very significant and uh, pretty quick transition according to their dating. There's not enough time for the fossil, for uh, their evolutionary model, it's not enough time for 40 new phyla to, to appear. It's not possible. It doesn't work genetically, with cladistics, with other things. It just doesn't work. It's a problem. There's also the problem of, of I'll get to dating methods here in a second, there's a problem of carbon-14, which has a half-life of 5,730 years. Which means that uh, if we have a gram of carbon-14, that within uh, 5,730 years or at that mark, uh, one gram has become a half a gram. And so what this means is after 100,000 years, uh, there should be no carbon-14 left in anything that was once alive, period. The problem is carbon-14 is being found in coal shales, which are supposed to be millions of years old and diamonds, which mm -hmm. is supposed to be like 990 million years old. So there are uh, there, there's problems in that. Then we have contradictory dating uh, methodologies of rock strata. So uh, Pleistocene rock layer 
is supposed to be uh, 1.6 million years old, but by the rubidium strontium dating method, it's 773 million years old. And the upper Miocene to Pliocene lava has been by the potassium argon dating method is five to seven, uh, five to nine million years old. But rubidium strontium, it's 31 to 39 million years old. Pliocene to Holocene lava, which is stratigraphically dated, that means they look at it and judge what its date is, less than 5 million years old, but the rubidium strontium method gives it over 570 million years old. And it goes on. The point is, and I can read a lot more, just bore you. The, the point is yeah. that the scientists using uh, their technology get wildly different um, numbers for uh, rocks that are dating. Well, why is that? I got you. Well, it casts doubt on the reliability of these ideas, plus the idea sure. that carbon is found in things that are supposed to be millions of years old, and it can't be. It can't be. Why is that? There are issues, but you don't hear about them. You don't hear about them. And human uh, DNA, the mutation rate is uh, is such that within, I think, it's 200 more generations, um, the human genome won't be uh, viable anymore. It, there's, I can go on. I can go yeah, on and sure. on. There's volcanic activity problems. There's erosion problems. There's the galaxy and the universe problem. Check this out. Tully and Fisher's maps show the galaxies within 100 million light years of Earth are concentrated into what they call filaments. On a large scale clusters, on large scale clusters of galaxies are also concentrated into vast super co uh, cluster complexes. The supercluster complexes directly contradict the homogeneity uh, assumed by the Big Bang. And I can go ahead and read more. What they're saying is there's not enough mass in the universe in order to account for the coalescing of the galaxies uh, to form galaxies and to be in superclusters. I can get into more detail about that. So they've invented something called dark matter to explain it. Dark matter is. Uh, the theoretical invention of astrophysicists to explain the present state of galaxy formation and supercluster arrangements because they need more mass and gravity to explain the present galaxy arrangement. And then there's the problem of why is the galaxy, why is the universe expanding uh, at an accelerating rate? Galaxies are moving away from each other at an accelerated rate. They're accelerating. But they shouldn't be doing that. If the universe is, is true that uh, gravity is inversely proportional to the square of the distance, then every body in the universe exerts a gravitational force than every other one, and they're all coming up in the center. Then they should all be pushing in toward the center, but they're not. They're expanding faster. There's a break. Hold on, buddy. Look at that. I'll let you go. It's okay. Hold on. Hey, folks, we'll be right back after these messages. Please stay tuned. Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Everybody, welcome back to the show for Open Lines, 877-207-2276. Eric, you still there? Yes, sir. All right. Now, I know I gave you a lot of stuff there, but and I got a lot more <laughs> to talk about, too. Yeah. So... Um, no. Do you have any specific thing you want to kind of focus in on? I mean, the dating methodology um, is a problem. Not anything that I'm called... able to 
what's the word? Um, Counterford. I mean, there's a lot of knowledge, like you said, that I'm lacking in mm-hmm. in terms of that. But I'm just kind of more curious on, you know, it's not a literal seven days, 24-hour human days. Sure. Yeah. Why not? For. That was, Why not? Well, I mean, well, I, I'm God not can sure. certainly do it. Really? Yeah, God can certainly do it in uh, 24 hour periods. You can do it 24 seconds. I periods. don't doubt that, but I just didn't know if yeah. there was, you know, if there would be, I guess, 24 hours, whether it's, you know, 3000 BC or 2023 mm-hmm. AD. Mm-hmm. So, still the same hours in the daytime. Can. And don't put too much credence in, the, in, in science. Science is what's called provisional. Provisional means it's uh, the theories are temporary. Now, some science, I mean, has just produced incredible benefits. And we can have quantum computers, and we can have radio and things like that, no problem. But when it comes mm-hmm. to interpreting things that are so very old, then you have to adopt non-repeatability. That's the issue. Science is a method of obser- observation, theorizing or hypothesizing, and then developing a test to validate or invalidate the hypothesis. Once the, and then you modify the test, and you either prove the hypothesis or you support the hypothesis or you invalidate the hypothesis. Once the hypothesis can be repeated or the evidence repeats in support of the hypothesis, it moves into the realm of theory. Theory is uh, is then basically accepted, but it's still provisionary. What this means is, it's provisionary in the sense that later on some th- more information can come up that can falsify that theory. That's what we mean by provisionary. But to back up, repeatability and experimentation is one of the ways of validating the issue of an hypothesis to a theory. How do you repeat observation of ancient events? This is a problem. So, in the Cambrian explosion, for example, how is it then that they could observe anything? Well, they can't. What they'll do is look at rock strata and they'll see different levels of complexity in, um, in biological structures. The smaller ones are in the bottom, the, the, more, the bigger ones, more complex, are in the top. You know, that's how it works. Well, you know, of all things, uh, I have a you know a clear bag of cereal, and I noticed this years ago, that you know I'd use this big bag and I'd use it once every now and then. And one day I was looking at the bag of cereal, I noticed the fine elements were at the bottom and the coarser ones were at the top. And the reason is right. because with jiggling, the fine stuff's going to filter down. Well, what would be the case that would cause that? Well, a flood would certainly do that. A flood. And then when you introduce this to people about science, oh, that's religion, you can't have that. See, well, let's look at the, uh, the rocks. Have you ever seen rock strata, you know, in these, these uh, evolution shows, and they'll show like the Grand Canyon, or sometimes they'll show rocks that are, you know, maybe have 30 layers, and they're all bent and swirled equally. Well, that means that it was mud that, that was laid down and then was bent and solidified. You can't have that form like that over millions and millions and millions of years. It just doesn't work. So what they'll do is they'll say, okay, let's look at the flat layers. 
Now think about the flat layers. What do you see when you see a flat layer? It's flat. Why would it be flat? So you might have, we could walk up to a rock strata and let's, I'm just going to say, just for the sake of argument, let's say every uh, 10 centimeters there's a new uh, era of rock. Every 10 centimeters. Let's pick every 10. Maybe 9, maybe 8, maybe 10, maybe 12, but let's just average them 10. And we look left and right along this rock face and we see that they're all horizontal. They're horizontal. We don't see them jiggled. We don't see them with divots. Why is that important? Because if a layer of sand, mud is there and it takes millions of years to form, then erosion, earthquakes, wind, water would cause those flat layers to not be flat, but to be all jiggly and divoted, you know, divots and chunks taken out where rivers have moved. But why is it that you have uh, rock strata that are so flat and layered so so pristinely, and there's it's up like 500 million years of rock strata, and it's just equal? Why is that? There's a problem. And then there's what's called polystrate fossils. They f- sometimes find single fossilized trees in uh, vertically growing through hundreds of millions of years of rock strata. And then I can tell you more too. Mm-hmm. There, there is more. There's a. They found soft, flexible nerve tissue in tri- triceratops bones. They're finding soft tissue in the uh, the bones of, of dinosaurs, supposed to be sixty million years old. How is that possible? Soft tissue in the bone marrow of things that are like sixty million years old. It's not supposed to be uh, fresh stuff like this. You don't hear about it, but it's a fact. And then we have the problem of the the uh, human ancestors, the humanid ancestor line. There's a lot of, of uh, problems there. So you've probably heard yeah, sure. of, yeah, I could go over them, but uh, I mean, I, I got a list of them. I'm looking at it right now. One of my biggest challenges to evolutionists is, of all things, the woodpecker. Have you ever heard me talk about the woodpecker? I have not, no. Yeah. How does a, a woodpecker evolve? What's the best explanation for a woodpecker? It's designed or it evolved. The woodpecker's tongue goes down its throat, down by the vertebra. It leaves the mouth area, goes down by its throat, next to the vertebra in the neck, comes back up around the skull and the back, between the hey. skin and the scalp and the, the skull, and there's a groove in the skull where the tongue goes, and it goes back around the, the uh, head, over the top of the head, down over the forehead between the eyes, and then down um, through a nostril, and then out the, the tongue. How does that evolve? You know, how does it aid in survivability? And there's other complexities there. And there's other things like this that uh, show great difficulty for evolutionary biology to explain because a mutation is supposed to aid in survivability. A tongue for a bird stuck in the back of its skull doesn't aid the survivability. How does it survive? What's the best explanation? It was designed. No problem. And it, we can go on and on and on about this. So, and you can get a book. Uh, 
icons of evolution and you can read on that and you can see what they these icons they don't they're not what they're cracked up to be there's a lot of problems with evolution and then we haven't even gotten into information structures how does that work how does information form in biological structures and mathematical odds oh it gets immensely difficult immensely difficult I can explain more but I don't want to bore you okay <laughs> yeah I love science I have my notes on science is uh, 44 pages it's just on my notes well, I'm reading I'm, yeah and, yeah uh, there seems to be you know a lot of information but it seems the information is only in theory until something else comes along to that can right. be you know quote-unquote mm -hmm. proven mm -hmm. and then a new theory arises from the other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that's not to say they don't have their explanations for things. But the fact is that science is provisional when it comes to evolution. It's not been observed. Yes, it has been observed. And that's up for debate, too, even among the scientists. And uh, there's, there's a lot of stuff. A lot. Problems. Anyway, I can go into. It. I got a lot of quotes and and various things from the experts. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. So I I just stick with uh, I I don't I say the Earth is not millions of years old. I don't believe it's millions of years old. I don't. I, that I deny openly. I don't know how old it is. Okay. I don't have any problem with a few thousand years old. I don't have any problem with a hundred thousand years old. I don't know how long things existed before God created uh, Adam, but it seems to be 24-hour periods, and I have no problem with that either. Okay? All right, buddy, there's a break. All right, man, we got to go. Talk to you later. God bless. All right, folks, hey, three open lines, 877-207-2276. Be right back. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Last segment of the hour. Two open lines, 877-207-2276. Let's get two. Let's see, that would be Rudolph from North Carolina. Rudolph, welcome, you're on the air. Yes, sir, happy new year to you. And my, um, not necessarily a question, but... When you were talking about radio carbon dating, I actually know why it's different among scientists. And the reason why I know it is because I listened to ICR geologist, and he explained why they, they found out what scientists were doing. And even though the secular science, scientists don't agree with it, I... I found out why they, they have different numbers for radio days. And why's and that? It's come from because they had to, but that's why every time they try to make it fit their evolutionary scale, it kept not fitting. So what they did was they changed it to fit the what they yep. want to work with. The numbers. So that's what it says. 
That's why they're oh, yeah. different every time because what's that? Mm-hmm. Now yep. saying that's why it's different every time because it was they had to use different uh, forms of radio stating to make it fit the evolutionary scale. Right, they get conflicting information and irregularities that's within right, the, the methodology. Yes, right. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yes, and then you don't hear about those. Why? I know you don't because it doesn't fit this particular science. But also, the thing you took about DNA, the reason why DNA is weaker is because every time you make a, a blood of something, it gets weaker the more you do it. It doesn't get stronger, it's weaker. Mm-hmm. There's a growing yeah, list of scientists. There's a growing list of scientists who are rejecting the evolutionary theory. It's growing. And they and just look at the science and say this is not working. Before I go. Sure. Yes, the one thing before I, I want to say they, they're in the reason why you were talking about the scientists believe in the expansion of the universe. You know what? Do you know where that comes from? That actually comes from the Big Bang. That's why it's expanding. Right. That's what they claim it is. I don't believe that, but that's where it comes from. Yeah, it's, uh, yep, and there's problems with the Big Bang Theory, and that's why they invented dark matter, dark energy. Um, and they say there's supposed to be evidence for it. Okay, well, let's see, you know, that's okay. Um, but uh, the, the vastness of the universe is such that uh, it's just so varied so many things in it that in my opinion just my opinion you have to be really blinded to not see the creative work of god he's there right of course you do uh, right. you know what it says in the word uh, a fool has said this or there is no god <coughs> a fool yep, yep. Psalm, a fool Psalm 14 1 uh-huh. yep that's yes, true sir. oh yeah just one more thing before i leave um after all this time in evolution, they have never, not one time, showed one transitional um, animal in all of history. They There's claim that they have them. They, no, I would just tell you, though, they claim they have them, but the, the issue is no undisputed one. Because some scientists say, here's one, and other scientists say that's not it. And they, they argue amongst themselves. So, you know, it's been offered, okay. what is the, but there's what, no... What's the transitional animal? Well, I've, I've had evolutionists tell me, this is a transitional form to give me these peer-reviewed articles. And I say peer review means that scientists of the like mind are reading these things. They're not being peer-reviewed by uh, intelligent design advocates, are they? No, they because they're not peers, exactly. So it's kind of an echo chamber to, a, to some extent. So... Um, the transitional forms and like are presupposed as being necessary and so they look at evidence and make it fit the presupposition that's what's happening okay oh, okay yeah. okay all right buddy well take care and it was a good choice you brother nice to, nice talking Bye. to you too rudolph god bless all right let's get to rachel from utah rachel welcome you are on the air Hello, Rachel. I did click the right button. Something about washing Jesus' feet, but I don't hear you, Rachel. If you're talking, I'll talk a little bit longer. See if uh, 
you come on and put you on hold and maybe go to the next person. So let's do that. Let's go to Alex from Utah. Alex, welcome. You're on the air. Hey, Matt. How are you? Doing all right. Hanging in there, man. What do you got, buddy? Good to hear. Hey, my younger daughter had a question. We were watching uh, Passion of the Christ. Mm-hmm. And in the scene where Jesus is getting whipped, um, she was wondering, even though it's not in the Bible, if it was culture at that time for Mary to have to clean up uh, the blood from Jesus, whatever was left over, and then clean him up as well. You mean at the crucifixion? Um, both at the crucifixion and then um, in the show, one after Jesus is whipped, Mary cleans up his blood. Wait, wait, he's, he's wept? I understand... I don't understand the one word. After Jesus wept, she cleaned up the blood. That's what I'm hearing. So I don't, I don't understand. No, is is whipped. Oh, whipped with a whip. Okay, thanks. I, you know, I have yeah. a hearing loss. Um, Sorry about she that. She cleaned the blood. Most probably not. But I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know um, because they would be under the control of the people doing the punishment, and it might be the case that others were allowed to clean them up a little bit. But I don't know of, of anything like I've not heard of that, and it's not mentioned in the Scripture. So in The Passion of the Christ, Mel Gibson is a traditional Catholic, which is very problematic, and it, he inserted some Catholic stuff in there. And I can point it out to you when I see the film. I've only watched it once. It's too hard to watch. But I'm glad that the film was made nonetheless. It was a very compelling uh, film. And there's some stories about how the guy on the cross, the actor almost died up there. And he almost died. And the only reason he didn't is because people saw one guy on a set between takes said, I think he's in trouble because the guy, he couldn't, uh, he couldn't talk. He was in such distress from being up there. Anyway, all kinds of stuff. But um, so I couldn't tell you about that with the history of how that was done, if it was a possibility or not. So I don't have an answer for you there. Okay. Well, I sure appreciate it. She's been wanting to ask you that question for a while. So okay. Thank you for well, taking Charlie, that Charlie's putting in, he says, Tradition says St. Veronica wiped Jesus' face on the Via de la Rosa. So, you know, there's traditions. doesn't mean the traditions are true, but uh, I'd be interested to know if there was a, uh, a custom that that where it was allowed for the relatives to clean up the person being beat up before they're crucified. I don't know. So who knows? Okay? Maybe someone out there knows. All righty. All right, man. Thanks. Thank you. Oh, okay. All right. Let's get to Brian from South Carolina. Brian, welcome. You are on the air. Hey, thanks, Matt Slick. Uh, I just had a question about Pastor John MacArthur out of California. Okay. Maybe... Maybe off-topic, maybe not calls you're looking for, but I'll ask anyway. Does, mm-hmm. I don't know if you're aware of the allegations against him uh, um, that are I don't know. 20, 40 years old. Okay, what are they? You may, uh, you may have heard. I don't, okay. No, I haven't. Allegations of, uh, okay, our allegations have been made against him. Uh, it was like 20 years old of him harboring known child molester or at least uh, one pastor that's been known to molest his own children or something to that effect. Yeah, okay, well, let's, 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 okay. So I don't know if that's the case, and um, I do know, I do know this. I know a 
I, I used to know a guy. We were roommates. And uh, he never did anything wrong. And he was accused by a woman of doing something wrong uh, in that regard. And uh, he his house was vandalized. His car was vandalized. He lost his job just because she accused him. That's all. Just made the accusation. He lost everything. That's why we were roommates. And so it's easy for people to make an accusation. And uh, an accusation against an elder must be by two witnesses or more. Then the evidence must be examined. So what would be the reason for someone uh, to allow someone like that in the church? Well, what conditions are going on? Was there work with officials? Was there work with psychologists? Was it even true? So all this has to be verified. And if it can't be verified, we have to be careful not to spread gossip. And I'm not saying yes, no, true, false. I'm just saying I don't know. We have to be very careful. And um, that's it, you know. Yeah, and it's quote-unquote a crazy woman. I I don't know her, of course. It's just a story I recently heard. It's all allegations online. Nothing substantiated. And he hasn't publicly spoken about it, so... Yeah, I yeah. would dismiss them. I mean, I believe, because if people I, I, I believe him to be wrong. Yeah, and if people make accusations, I've been accused of things. They're just not true. That's not true. And, you know, public figures get accused of things. Someone says, hey, you got accused. You must be guilty. What? What are you talking about? And uh, so that can happen. So you just have to oh, yeah. roll with the punches, clarify things. Now, what I do is I was told legally that every now and then I need to answer an allegation, demonstrate it's not true. In case there's a legal action where I'm in court, the prosecution can't say, Matt, you never defended yourself, therefore it must be true. And if we can demonstrate there is a history of defending, no, it's not true. Not every single thing, because you can't do every single thing, but then it, it, uh, it it's better for you. And I was told by a lawyer to do that. That's one of the reasons I answer critics. On uh, on karm periodically, just for that reason. So, anyway. Yeah, and that makes sense. And, mm-hmm. and it's shocking that it's shocking how many even so-called pastors, and they even got their MDs on social media, just burning them at the stake already, just on accusations. And like you said, you know, nothing. Nothing. Mm-hmm. He can ignore it. Maybe that's the strategy he's going with. Well, what hey, they're supposed to do? What they're they're supposed to contact him. That's what they're supposed to do, not spread gossip. That's what they're supposed to do. So if I was researching this, I would contact them and say, hey, my name is Matt Slick from karm.org. I'm researching this issue. Is there any information you can share about this regard? Is it true? Is it false? Is it underpending? You can't speak for legal reasons or what? You know, that's what I would do. Okay. Let's see what they said. That's what they're obligated to do. They should. Don't just repeat something. Okay. All right. Hey, what, what can I look forward to? When are you having a debate coming up or something like that? No debate set up uh, because they take too much time. I, I'm not. I'm getting less and less interested in in debates. I think the idea, uh, written debates, I might want to do for a while, but we'll see what happens. Um, I may be going to. I'm going to Israel and then maybe Japan and then maybe Scotland and California next year. Things are getting busy uh, all of a sudden, so we'll see what happens. So okay. All right. All right. Sounds Thanks good, buddy. Okay, man. All right. God bless. Well, Rachel from Utah, we don't have time to get to you because we're at the top of the hour, and that's it. Lord, uh, I mean, the music's going to start any second. I hope you guys enjoyed the show, and may the Lord bless you. And as usual, I like to say, 
by His grace. We'll be back on the air tomorrow, and hopefully we'll talk to you then. Have a great evening. God bless everyone. Good night. Another program powered by the Truth Network.